Hey, 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 everyone. You're listening to Civil Radio 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, serving the Fraser Valley, broadcasting from the traditional unceded Stolo territory. And we are live at 5, and this is Bush League. I'm your host, Carl Lundgren. With me, my co-host, Mr. Kenny. At least I'm not as short as Matthew Phillips Greencorn. <laughs> and manning the board and chiming in when we don't want him to is Taryn Midze. I'm always here, as always, guys. Yeah, nice to be back. Glad to have you every week here down Terry. You know, I got to say, right off the top, that song reminds me so much of Justin every time. It was his pick to go with that intro song. We got to stick with it. Till... It's beauty. Yeah, this is a classic. It's almost to the point where, like, when I know you guys are coming in, I have I mentally prepare when I'm coming into work where I just, like, darn it. I do, I do it in my head. And then, <laughs> yeah. I'm also. Old, like, nice, like, 70s guitar riff. Right? Yeah. That great. is. It is, is, is a classic one. So, we got a huge show tonight, you know, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I was hoping to, I was hoping to dial in here and say bigger than the thumping we gave the Marlies this week, but you know what, hey, we got one game out of them, and it was an impressive one. Uh, we knew, I knew they were going to come out and play well in that game. I, I actually had a text typed up to Kenny that I never sent, pressed send on, and that uh, was basically just talking about how... With the new coaching, the guys are going to go out there, they're going to play their hearts out, trying to impress the new coach, and sure enough, they did. They won 4-1. But you know, people can't, you can't understand how impressive a win that is for a team like Abbotsford that's still trying to establish themselves as an elite AHL franchise to beat the top, well, who, who's been up in that top spot the entire year, the Marlies. Uh, you know, I would say they're the top team in the AHL. And, you know, to play, to come off that, getting swept by the Wranglers, which was rough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they're again another elite team. So, you know, they made a statement with the Marlies this week. But we'll we'll get into that a little more when we start talking about Abby. But usually we talk about Abbotsford first, but this week we're switching up because we gotta address the uh the Boudreaux in the room, right? <laughs> that was that was a good that was a good one. Yeah, that was know. that was a good that was a good pun. I respect good, that one. That was a good good pun, eh? Well, uh Bruce, there it isn't. Uh so coaching change, right? We got uh, head coach Bruce Boudreaux is out. And let the Penguin Parade begin, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I know you're okay with that. <laughs> Kenny's a, a, a closet Penguins fan there. He uh, loves his Penguins. Mostly he's a Mary Lemieux fan, but uh, you'll definitely see him decked out in Penguins regalia when he when the, they come to town, which is sickening. <laughs> how do you, how are you on a Canucks podcast? Like, I, oh, come on. Like Justin come with on. Let me have Leafs it. jerseys. Jeez. Um, so I, I think... You know, I, I'm really happy with the changes. Um, you know, it, I think a culture of winning is just what we need and, you know, what we've been lacking, well, forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Talkit, uh, he's been hired as the 21st head coach in franchise history. And he's got, uh, you know, a three-year deal here total, two two more after this one, 2.75 mil per season. Uh, he gave his four weeks notice to TNT, so I think it's pretty official. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But he's got three Stanley Cups, right? Uh, one with the Penguins in 92 as a player, and then two as assistant coach in Pittsburgh in 2016-2017. And, of course, you know, we got Gonchar there as well. That's yeah. been brought in, and he's another pe- part of the Penguin Parade, the Jim Rutherford Penguin Parade. I wonder if this will continue <laughs> to be a trend during his time here. And, uh, you know, he's got three Stanley Cups as well. Uh, the 2016-2017, as we aforementioned, uh, he was the development coach there mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh at the time, and then 2009 with with uh, Penguins as a player. So, you know, there's a lot of hardware. And then Adam Foote, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. One of the greats. One of the greats of the game. So there's a real culture of winning in that lo- in right there at the top. I think that bleeds down. Uh, it's hopeful. 
Um, you know, Rick Tockett, questionable background for me as a head coach. So I'm a little bit curious to see how that's going to play out. Uh, you know, with uh, Air, you know Arizona or Coyotes yep. as a franchise, you know, he didn't really prove himself very strongly. So, you know, I'm I'm not going to cast judgment. I like what he's saying so far. I like the mm-hmm. things he's been talking about. Uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, you know what I think. Um, well, listen, before we even get into it, I do want to do want to make a quick comment on uh, on Boudreaux's. Uh, Boudreaux's last game, I thought that was super classy. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but the fans giving him a, a really good, really good go. And uh, yeah. I mean, anybody who's watched the team closely all season long, like Boudreaux's just a, a solid dude, right? I think all the players feel the same way about him. And yeah. uh, it was really cool. Like, you don't get to see that. Mostly, you know, coaches get fired before a game or, or whatever the case is. I mean, he, he got to play it out, and I think they, they knew it was going to be one of his last games. So it was... Uh, it was a cool send off. Um, yeah, I agree. The whole thing was a little bit, I don't know, in my mind, it wasn't managed well. I mean, uh, no, to, they, they to know about it. Yeah, 100%. Did them 100%, 100%. Especially Trent Cull, who gets lumped into that. Yeah. You know, last year you have a nice gig in, in Abbotsford. He might have even been in the contention for the head coach job this year, uh, had, you know, had he not been brought into the Boudreaux regime. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they did, they did both of them dirty, in my opinion. And, but, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with hiring someone now and not waiting up the rest of the season. I know a lot of people are, uh, you know, talking about how we tend to do this, where we come just out of the playoffs and yeah. uh, win our way out of the sweepstakes for the Connor Bedard. But it's, uh, you know, it's important for the future of the franchise to take this opportunity to bring in a new coaching regime and start to gauge who's over who's overperforming who's underperforming, who's got a future here, yep. and start making good contracts. And, you know, we had that happen with Kuzmenko there right away. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a beauty contract. It doesn't get better. than That might be the best contract I've seen the Canucks sign in my lifetime. Uh, you know, he's the best value in the NHL this season. Could be the best value in the NHL for the next two seasons under this contract. Mm-hmm. He's 26 now, so people forget this guy came in from the, you know, from the KHL. We got him, he, he, you know, he kind of p- picked us out yeah. of the bunch, right? Like, everybody wanted this guy. So, people have got to remember that getting him is a lottery to begin with. So, you'd think on his contract renewal, he would get paid out more than this. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? He obviously likes Vancouver. He wants to be here. Plus, I was a little surprised how quickly that was done following Boudreau being axed. Because one of the reasons he came here was for Boudreau. And that was because Ovechkin had a conversation with him and told him how good uh, Boudreaux was for development, player development. And mm-hmm. so that was a big part of it. I, I was surprised that a couple days after the coaching changes, uh, you know, Kuzmenko inks a, a contract that's, uh, I really think he could have inked more. And what's great about the contract is it takes him to 29 years old, the end of mm-hmm. his contract. So, you know, JT Miller aside, the Canucks are probably not likely to sign a six-year contract after that point with a guy unless he takes. Uh, like I would have thought that that would be the contract where he would take a bit of a uh, a lower lower yeah. amount just to stay here. But hey, it sets up up great, uh, you know, on paper. So don't mm-hmm. I'm not going to knock that. Like he's a 40, 50 goal scorer, right? Oh, like, for for sure, for he sure. Could get over hundred points in the season, and he's balanced. He's a, doesn't make mistakes. 
So it's a very different 80 points than the GT Miller 80 points. Yeah. Yeah. And like ever since that one episode, uh, a few episodes ago, when, uh, when uh, Carl, you, you mentioned the, the Russian, the Russians that we have and, and, Kuz, and Kuzi, I started watching more games and, and making, making track of it. And yeah, I love the way the guy is skating, right? Everything you kind of pointed out has been good. So it's a, it's a solid, uh, solid get for that, for that uh, contract. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, look, Kuzmenko's got forty three points in forty seven games, right? He's making what nine hundred thousand. Yeah. I mean, it it it's, by far is the best contract in the NHL right now. When yeah. you're looking at your you know best bang for your buck, and I think at five and a half million, um, if he contributes at a point per game, it's a it's a steal. Yeah. It's an absolute steal, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, him being able to play with Petey, I mean, this year they're starting to show some chemistry, but I mean as you know, next year and, and the more chemistry they get, who knows what, who knows what the ceiling is. But, uh, the biggest thing is how do you, how can you not like this guy? I mean, honestly, he's like, he's so funny to watch his smiles, like super contagious. I was looking at the Instagram post that he posted, uh, after the contract and, uh, it was super, like you could just see him. He's pumped, right? Pumped about the contract. Pumped about being yeah. in Vancouver. You yeah. know, let's go Vancouver. Well, yeah, right? his family come the out. Big hair. So, <laughs> so that it, it shows you that these contract negotiations have been ongoing, yeah. uh, even while Boudreaux was here. Um, so, you know, the the you know, the upper management's doing the right thing with this with this player, uh, and that's the thing they got to stop uh, focusing. I mean, they obviously as upper management have to be focusing on the whole team, but they have to look at these individual players. And look at who are good contracts and who are bad contracts. And yeah. the, if, if you, over time, sign more good contracts and less bad contracts, you start to build a franchise. You start to build a team that can win. And that's what I'm hoping they'll do, but it's going to take time. Uh, I'm not. Everybody always talks about rebuild, rebuild. The Canucks are in a position where they don't get to really rebuild. They have to build within what they have, but also make some... Uh, better deals and better and start getting some draft yeah. picks starting to, to develop they have a good development program so you know they need and they they have a history of drafting well in the second and third round so yeah they just need to keep playing into their strengths for long enough and they'll they'll be a contender in the next five years i really think that uh but there's a lot of things that have to go right they're certainly not a contender this year not next year i mean this year they're not going to make the playoffs that's just the way it is yeah. uh, but we'll get into that a little more i wanted to before we move on from the coaching, I wanted to just mention <laughs> we now have three coaches on salary this year for head coach. <laughs> it's <a> totaling <laughs> $7.5 million. Uh, we're, we're now spending more on the head coach position this season than any other team in hockey, I, except, I think, except maybe the Leafs, because the Leafs uh, still have that ludicrous Babcock contract on their books. Uh, and they got that for a couple more years, so... Um, it depends on uh, it depends on what Sheldon Keith is making there in Toronto. So, but it's it's pretty bad. Seven point five million for the head coach position on salary in Vancouver. But you know, you figure they're making a half a million to a million dollars a game ownership on a uh, you know with, with the kind of attendance the Canucks have. They're sixth in in attendance in the league. So, yeah. you know replacing the the coach that's going to fill seats because people are like, Oh, I don't want to watch the new coaching regime. Right. Even though we're a basement team, we still want to go watch it. So I think it'll pay for itself. It's not yeah. going to cost them any money. And it, like I said, it gives them a chance to evaluate their, um, you know, over performers, under performers and everybody in between. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I mean, moving on from the coaching. Uh, oh, one, oh, one other thing. I still want to just say one last thing because we might not talk about Boudreaux uh, again for a while. I still maintain that Rutherford had it in for him. I think Rutherford in this Penguin parade kind of shows it. He's likes what he likes, likes what he knows, likes who he. he he's got bad blood. He's a hockey guy, right? I think he has yeah. bad blood for that Washington uh, Capitals organization. I don't think he likes anyone involved who's been involved with it or will be involved with it or in any way, shape, or form involved with him in his club. Yeah. So, like, I can't really – sorry to cut you off there, Carl. I can't really like, – I mean, I, I don't know as much about that, but even just the way he handled Boudreaux's exit and some of the, com- and the comments he made when he was leaving, it, it was, in my opinion, pretty dis- distasteful as someone who just loves pure sportsmanship. And so I think yeah. you can really – I think that's a really interesting comment to, like, to think about as you know as we're going over and what, who we're hiring out, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, well, moving on from that, we wish – I wish – Personally, wish Bruce Boudreaux well. I'm sure everybody else on the broadcast does. Uh, and Trent Call, especially, really classy guy, good hockey guy. I hope he lands on his feet and ends up back in a position to maybe coach in the NHL. I think he's got the chops to do it. He's a good coach. And I think they did him dirty. But uh, he's been an understatement in the in the media. Nobody's really talked about him. Uh, so it's one of those things. But... Uh, so we got a bit of a soft February schedule coming up. So it's a little bit of a padding for the new guys coming in. It's going to make them look a lot better. But Canucks always seem to have really soft February schedules. Uh, it's kind of a, a trend in the past. But, you know, they're 13 points back. Uh, last I checked, or maybe more now. <laughs> uh, I think they're like somewhere 12, 14 points back playoff spot uh, with 35 games left. <clears throat> so anybody... Hanging on for hopes here that they're going to come back. You have to think that that's probably eight. They have to win like 82% of the games probably to be in a playoff picture. I think that's highly unlikely that they're going to pull that off. Well, so. well here, Carl, they're, they're 14 points out of a wild card spot. Seven points out of last spot. So yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't know which way they're going to go. Yeah, um, when you're closer to last place than you are to the playoffs in February, you could pretty much call yourself out of the playoffs. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, plus also, like, I'm saying 82%, that just to get them into a playoff picture, that's to get them to approximately 100 points. And mm-hmm. the way the West is stacking up this year, that might not even be enough to get you in. So, you know, it's I, I think it's all about development now. Um, but, you know, that's what we always do. We are just playing well enough to miss the draft sweepstakes. I really hope we see some good hockey play out of these guys, but still losses a little bit. Cause I would really like to take a run at Connor Bedard. That would be so cool if we got him and the Kuzmanko contract now gives us some options. Um, depending on yeah. what ends up happening with some of the trade bait here, Kenny, you heard some insider info there before uh, the broadcast. Yeah. Let, share that with us. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I was actually thinking that um, when, when they let Boudreaux go and brought talking in, it was almost like, like the, it's starting now. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could almost feel that. Like you know, they got Gonchar coming in, Foot coming in, Talkit coming in, um, and yeah. I mean, it's just. And then the Kuzmenko signing coming so fast. I was like, okay, here we go. We're moving. And so, would you I, call it an avalanche of change? Oh dear. Adam oh dear. Foot. Well, that's an Adam Foot reference. As a, they really, <laughs> they really put their foot down. <laughs> As someone who, as an English major who loves a good pun, that's, you know, you've been on fire today. You're three for three. I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, they, yeah, this morning I heard uh, some very interesting um, 
some very interesting information. I think like the the Canucks morning warm up practice, uh, they had Lane Peterson on a line with Pedersen and Kuzmenko all practice, yeah. and then after the yeah. practice, they wave them. So <laughs> what? Yeah. So yeah. So so get this. So he he practices with them all practice on the top line. Top line. Yeah. And then. The practice is over, and they, they, and, they say, and they say, Lane Pedersen, you're hey, getting waived. Rest of the league, look at this guy that just played on the top line. Go ahead and grab him for free. So, Patrick Alvine had a press conference scheduled for after after the the pregame warm up, and they've now postponed it to after the game, which is odd. That's odd. So, it seems like there may be something coming. I, I would I would assume, like, I mean, why move the conference? Why make room on the roster? Um, well, yeah. that could be. It uh, sounds like another shoe's going to drop here. Sounds like sounds like a trade, and it sounds like uh, uh, we were going to make the announcement before the game, and then we were going to healthy scratch whoever's involved. But the team involved wanted them to get the extra game, and said play them. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So. And, and listen, we all—it's not a secret. I mean, we the Kuzmenko signing practically, in my opinion, officially rules out a Horvat signing at all. Like, I mean, let's sign Miller, let's sign Kuzmenko. Mm. Horvat's still out there. Um, I think you're looking at a Horvat trade, maybe a Besser trade. I mean, we know Besser's agent's been mm-hmm. able to talk to other teams. Um, so you're if so if you're Bo Horvat or Brock Besser, yeah. and you're now you know you're being traded. You're, it's been announced, and the the, the other team decides now play one more game, mm-hmm. which which is strange. But say they did. Um, how how do you play that game? How do you approach that game? Do you play your heart out as like a farewell, uh, or do you just kind of coast along uh you know coasting my coast coast to <laughs> make sure you don't get injured before you go to your next your new club i think uh if you're jt miller you just coast no matter what but i think that oh, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but no I, th- I think i don't know the, the sportsman in me says uh like you play your heart out you show the respect of fans you mm-hmm. you you show the caliber of a player you are that's what i would like to see i don't i mean i could you know. see i would certainly think to see Bo do that yeah that's yeah. what i'm thinking yeah. well i think uh, like it's been a in my opinion, it's been a pretty challenging season for him with everything going on. And I mean, look at what he's done, right? He's come out and played every game, right? I mean, he's he's second on the team in scoring, first on the team in goals. He's got 31 goals this season. Nobody saw that coming. I mean, he has fallen off of his pace a little bit. He's only got three goals in his last 10 games. And maybe all this noise around his contract and, and the coaching stuff. And I mean, they've only won two games in their last 10. So, I mean, that can't be easy neither, right? But I mean... Um, I wouldn't expect anything less from him, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he would come out and, and be good. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you for sure. Um, so, going back to the Feb- week February schedule, I just wanted to say, because uh, we're going to dive into JT Miller next. Yeah. But I'm making a prediction. Uh, Canucks will have seven or eight wins in February. That's my prediction, based on the schedule they have. Okay. Which Starting tonight in Columbus? No, that's yeah. not in February. Oh, <laughs> but I, my I bad. wouldn't mind taking that, actually. But I don't know. Columbus is so up and down, man. You never know which team it's you're true. with them. But, yeah, it's, that's my kind of prediction with that. Anyways, uh, I like making Well, we'll see what happens today, man. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, Honestly, I'm kind of itching to see what's going to happen. If nothing happens, I'm going to be really disappointed. But, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Talkett was uh, quoted as saying that he thinks he can harness uh, Miller at another level that we mm-hmm. haven't seen yet. And 
You know, the thing with Miller is I've I've long been an advocate. Uh, I've kind of not been an advocate the last couple of weeks since the issue with uh, with uh, Dilia, but because uh, I just thought that was so disrespectful from a guy that's supposed to be a leader on the team uh, to disrespect his goalie like that in front of <laughs> a hostile crowd, to say mm-hmm. the least. But uh, he um, he. Where was I going with that, Kenny? Ugh. He so well, you've been an advocate he, for Miller I've been since an advocate the for him from yeah. that's right. That's what I was. We, we were going on about this. You signed Horvath. You signed Miller, right? And you were like, "You got to sign Miller." Well, no. Well, it was more complicated than that. But I, <laughs> I said that uh, you know, like the, he's a utility player. He, mm-hmm. he when mm-hmm. he's playing well and you're harnessing him properly, he can play every position on the ice. Yeah, probably even goalie. He's a very skilled hockey player, uh, but. He coasts, right? He's a coaster. And, uh, you know, um, it's one of those things. Uh, you need to get more out of him. So if Taka can pull that other hockey player out of him that I know yeah. is there, we're going to, I think you're going to have a lot of people having to eat their words a little bit with Miller. So yeah. let's wait and see. You know what? He's super competitive. I mean, the guy wears his emotions on his sleeve. And, I mean, that's, you want that in a player, right? Someone that's competitive, someone that competes every night, that wants to win, has that you know, real hunger to win. Uh, but you got to be able to, yeah, you're right. You got to be able to control that, right? And get the best yeah. out of it. So, I mean, and honestly, yeah. from Miller this season, in my in my opinion, like, he just, I don't know, he doesn't look like the same guy he did last year. I mean, he's got 42 points in 48 games. So, I mean, that's not, he's nothing, on, he's that's not nothing to sneeze at, right? He's like, on pace I mean, to match his career best 32 goals. Yeah. And even in this, the you know, they've only won two of their last 10, but he's got eight points in those 10 games. Yeah. But I will say he is a minus 14 which is mm-hmm. one of the worst on the team for uh, plus-minus. So, I mean, it says a lot about his defensive play, right? Yeah. But I did notice yeah. in the, the first couple of games they, they've thrown him back at uh, back in the center again, right? Yeah. Which they're yeah. probably going to need him if they're going to they're gonna move Horvat. They're going to need him as a center. Well, they're really deep at the center position, though. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see them. I think they're going to start to pull a lot of well, – we'll touch on this a lot more in the Abbey – portion of the broadcast yeah but they're gonna start to move a lot of guys up and down now to kind of gauge who's got who's part of the long-term plan of the club yeah and so i don't know that he i don't know there's a lot of room at centerman we have a lot of centermen in our development um but like if you're trying to make a make a uh stand to make the playoffs and win a bunch of games win as many as you can then yeah, you probably lock him into the center position, try and get his but most performance you can out of the top two or three lines on the team. Yeah. But with us obviously missing the playoffs, we've got to have a focus on development, and I think a lot of these development centermen need an opportunity to slide into that role, see if they can fill in a top two line slot. Yeah. Right. The problem with a top two line slot is there's only six spots, <laughs> right? True. So if you want to work development players in, you've got to work them in, and maybe that could be why Pedersen. Ped, Pedersen with the D was playing on uh, on the top line in practice. Maybe it's just the development thing. Maybe they, I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. Anything else on JT Miller there, guys, before we move on? No, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I'd, I'd be interested. To, I, I'm very interested to see how he's going to go uh, moving forward now that Talkett's in there. It's It'll be interesting to see his, if his play changes or, or anything like that, right? Yeah. yeah, especially with Talkett's comments around. I think I can get the most out of this guy, right? Like mm-hmm. now you're watching. Okay, mm-hmm. let's see. Now Bo Horvat, uh, he was voted. I voted for him, by the way. Uh, yeah, 
Me yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, voted into the All Star game. Does that Same. raise his price tag? I think it has to. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, I'm just the tech. I, I'm I'm just the stats guy. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not the not the expert as you guys. But I I would say that it's pro. It's definitely bring I mean, up some stats on it then, yeah. Taryn. What <laughs> if, what? What is the <laughs> come on man? You got these notes before the game. What is the what is the average of, of players who are all stars versus non all stars? You know, like come on, come on, stats me up here, bud. Come on, wow. lawyer it. Let's see this. But yeah, no, I mean the rest of the season has to be player development. <clears throat> you know, wait and see. Uh, I I really hope we keep Bo Horvat, especially with this new coaching regime moving more of a defensive style uh i like having guys that can score on that type of format i think we have a really rare opportunity where they brought in a defensive style coaching staff yeah. to coach an offensive talented team this could be really cool it could it could be something special that the league has never seen before in terms mm-hmm. of how they approach the game and play it um but you know there again it remains to be seen in terms of special teams right uh yeah. you know arizona didn't have the strong special team well, not strong anything really so it's hard to know what talk it brings to the table in that area outside of the fact that you know as an assistant uh coach in pittsburgh he did work on a bit of special teams there so you know we have to look at that that was one of the stronger uh, some of those teams that were he was involved with in pittsburgh were some of the best special teams units in the history of the game so that's got to be a feather in his cap but it's also you know when you have (laughs) Malkin and Crosby in the same oh, for sure. same team, you know, like that's kind of hard to not. Well, you got to think too, that. like he he was part of a team that managed. Well, I mean, at that time, like Crosby was the superstar, right? I mean, he had to manage that, manage Malkin, um, you know, co- coach those personalities, right? And uh, I mean, he talked a lot about trying to maintain that offense. And tighten up the defense, right? Don't want to lose anything offensively, but we got to play better defensively. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to do that, especially with our defensive core. But I think you're right. The rest of the season, based on, I think there's going to be more moves from this team. And based on those moves, there's going to be players coming in from other teams. They're going to have to try and figure out whether they fit, they don't fit, what that looks like. So I think the rest of the season, honestly, is just going to be Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. just figuring all that kind of stuff out. So, I mean, we very well could get closer to the bottom or maybe some of it works and we move we move closer away from the or further away from the bottom. But uh, but yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun to see. It's going to be a lot of change. So it's going to be I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think we'll see in Rutherford, you know, even said in a press conference that, you know, after the new coaches were brought in that they want to identify who's underperforming and who has a future with the team. As I mentioned before, that was pretty much in line with what I said. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see any two-way contracts uh, that we have in the system going up and down uh, frequently to yeah. build experience and test their player, these players at the NHL level and see, like I said, I wouldn't even be surprised if we see a lot of these guys rotating in the top line and throw off a lot of timing for some of the tops. But, you know, right now our priority is Pedersen, Kuzmenko, and Hughes. Those yeah. are the guys we know – are staying and are going to be franchise players. Well, JT Miller assumptively will also be, uh, you know, the, the key guy for six, one of the key guys for six years. But outside of that, you know, you got to slide these guys in and see what they can do. Yeah. And listen, uh, don't forget, uh, Demko is nearing a return too, man. Uh, I haven't heard anything in regards to setbacks, but uh, the last update I heard is uh, he's, he's out until at least February 6th, right? Which is not too far away. 
And Demko's got one more year, right? After this. Oh, let's Can ask. Up, let's Taren? ask Taren. Yeah, take a look. Uh, I think he, I thought he signed a five-year deal. Did he not? Um, five years at five million or something like that. Five point two five. He signed that a couple of years ago. Uh, True. The the reason I ask is because, uh, you know, this injury situation with Dem. There's no doubt that Demko is an elite goalie. People who would trash him from this year would forget and be remiss to forget the COVID years and that he yep. was one of the elite goalies in the NHL. So there's no team in the NHL that wouldn't consider this guy a starting goalie. So it's not like you can <laughs> uh, you know, trade away or, t- or look at – like we are going to be going with Demko. Now, Yeah. I but what's great about it is we could end up in a situation where he plays healthy for three or four years after re-signing a new contract that's not as high because of the injury issues, and we could get the most out of that contract there. True. Right? So – I found uh, so I got a couple. I got got a couple stats for you. So number one, uh, Kenny, you are right on the money. Uh, five oh. years for five mil, five mil a year. However, there are signing bonuses, and um, it looks like um, kind of playing bonuses. Okay. For for certain things that he is his based off of his like percentage of how much he could go, he could go up. So as of right now, his contract is for a total twenty five mil, but plus the extra percentages are going up, what? and he has a clause where he could get signed for another year. In between when? that contract, when okay. was it signed? Uh, twenty-one, in the twenty-one twenty-two season. Okay, so, so we've ten. got four yeah. more years, three more, three or four more years. It's the yeah. first year of his deal, I think, this year, right? I think this is technically the first like official yeah. okay. like, signing so bonus. That, that's this, exactly this. what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? so that could be good. But he's got well, it's uh, yeah. There's not really an opportunity there then. Uh, but and to me. answer your question about All Star and that, um, no, so. All-star status uh, to be in, like the all-star game. That's mainly from the sounds of it. It's just based off of, like, it's like a cash prize for them separately. Uh, no. But in terms of actually going at, at it, how it adds to the contract, it sounds like, you know, contracts are according to this thing on NHL.com as of um, October that all the main salaries are going up anyways. But it looks like uh, according to hockeyanswer.com, you know, the average salary that it looks like an all-star player, um, mainly gets cash prizes if they if they do something like in the altar games, but but the actual status it's based off their stats too, so they can yeah, increase the cap and so kind of what, what we knew. But what I'm trying to figure out is a guy who gets the same point production as Bo Horvat this season, who didn't make the All Star team. D- d- what does he get paid comparatively? Like there is a if you have an All Star appearance on your on your sheet on your mm-hmm. stat sheet, you fetch a premium salary. I don't know what that number is. We'd have to do yeah. some research, and you're not going to find that anywhere. But that would be an interesting stat. Like, how much does that drive up his price? Is it yeah. five, ten, fifteen percent? Like, how much That's... more is he going to now make as a result of being an All Star? Because yeah. he's an, he's an All Star regardless regardless of whether he plays in the All Star game. Because he's one of the yeah. elite players in the league, leading. Uh, you know, he's been consistently top ten this year. So he's an All Star. But this makes it official, and now it's impossible to argue, and therefore yeah. that has to go on it's, the salary. It's funny because what I've seen in this stuff, they're they're comparing other All Star players who've had the contract bonuses in that. It yep. apparently applies to kind of their next contracts, or, or like when they want to renegotiate. But actually, Carl, you're pretty spot on. But it only goes up like maybe five, ten percent at a time, okay. and it depends on then how they're doing as all-stars with the all-star badge too so i feel it's a i think it's a like kind of a variable answer 
And that's yeah. why I couldn't be more direct. No, no, I didn't need you to be direct. I was just messing with you. But, yeah. Because I was kind of a fool's errand. But that would take a lot more research. I <laughs> would take, like, bringing up the salaries of probably 50, like a sample size of 50 different contracts and then comparing them to 50 other contracts on the other, on both sides of that coin. I mean, it would be a fun pet project for us to do. So, yeah, well, I mean, that's a little too professional for us. This is oh, okay. Bush League after all, right? So. Yeah, I mean, and, and listen, at Bush League, the only that's thing... more of a Canucks Army thing. Or, yeah, the, the only thing we really do is get Bo Horvat into the uh, NHL All-Star game. So. Hey, I'm remember, happy Remember, it was that. Bush League's votes that got him in there, okay? Totally the Bush League votes. All three of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I posted it on the socials webs, and everybody went. And that's... Uh, you can find us at, uh, at underscore Bush League or Bush League Radio folks on the social webs. But, uh, yeah, going back to the rest of the season, uh, like I was saying, just to summarize it, this is the best opportunity imaginable for a team to sift through the lineup and see what falls through the cracks. So it'll be interesting to see how they play this lineup. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it makes the tickets worthwhile, and I think our attendance will still continue to be in that top top ten this year. So that's cool. Our attendance has been strong this season, too. Yeah, sixth place. They were fourth place through December. Yep. So, you know, that's crazy, uh, considering this, the, that we have not been in a playoff picture the entire season. Yeah. Considering we lost our first five games. I, I think we were only 500 <laughs> once, and then yeah. uh, like we hit 500, and then it was, like, gone. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kenny, you want to start us out uh, with Abby? Yeah, for sure. Um, Take me home. Yeah. Oh, there Cal- you go. <laughs> I'll let you guys start it off. Okay. The- to the plains. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so when we last recorded, uh, Abby was sitting 19-10, one and one, so they had 40 points. They were five points out of first. Uh, since then, Abby's gone four, three, one and one, so not quite as uh, uh, as great as their last one. But uh, d- during this nine-game stretch, they're they're now 23-13, two and two with 50 points. Uh, they've dropped 10 points uh, out of first, and uh, they're currently sitting fourth in the Pacific. Uh, I mean, Coachella Valley remains hot. I mean, oh my goodness, these guys are on a thirteen, was that a thirteen game winning streak? Yeah. First, uh, they're obviously first in the Pacific. Uh, Abby, well, they dropped three big games to Colorado or to Calgary. Um, yeah, those are those are tough. Yeah, the uh, Eagles came past us at that point. Yeah, they passed yeah. us. Yeah, yeah, dropped us to fourth uh, in the Pacific. I mean, that. Uh, uh, let's take a couple seconds to touch base on that Calgary series, if you don't mind. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I love your intro, by the way, because I am the same height as uh, Matthew Phillips. Are you uh, the same height? Yeah, five. We're, I said five six, so we're uh, we're the same height, and yeah. uh, that was awesome. I mean, it was fun listening to the crowd uh, chant. The world's getting smaller. Yeah, right. Timbit. Oh, was, that was a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, I was one of the guys in our section started calling him Timbit, and that spread around the arena. Yeah, I like that. Shout out uh, to Doug. Yeah, that shout awesome. out to Doug on the Timbit. Uh, for those of you that don't know Doug, he's in section 110 with a, uh, no, 109, or no, 111 next to us. Yeah. And uh, he's the guy that always shouts, get up, you bum, <laughs> even when they're injured. So, you know, that's uh, Doug. He's a, he's a beauty. He's a beaut. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyways, yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah. No, not, it was a great, look, you and I went to Wednesday was, and, yeah. fr- and Friday. I didn't go on Saturday. That's why, they, you know, it wasn't as close of a game. Because I wasn't there to cheer them on, but you know we were there on Wednesday and Friday, and it was it was a great it was a good couple games to watch. I mean, it's a good oh. series. Oh yeah, uh, a lot closer than the you know the final result would dictate of them sweeping the series on us. Because you know there again we still we still scratched two points out of that. We did, we did, yeah. and you know what? Like yeah, I mean the the one game was a was an OT win, right? 
or OT loss, my apology. Uh, and then uh, the other one was a was a shootout shootout loss. So which was fun. We don't get to see the shootouts very often. No, so it's kind of nice. It was it was good, and of course it was Phillips. I mean, there's that, a lot of goals in the shootout it, too. I think both sides had. Well, uh, Calgary had three goals, and we had two in the shootout. Yeah, yeah. And uh, listen, as much as we we hollered at uh, <laughs> and made made fun of Phillips, uh, he seemed to uh, to to end us every every game. I'm pretty sure he got the OT winner, and he got the shootout winner the next game. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a real talent, you know, and and you can chirp at him all you want, but the guy's the real deal. Oh, big time! And listen, I do want to give a little bit of uh, I do want to give a little bit of a shout out to. Uh, to AKL, um, I guess that, that that's what he goes by. But uh, Alex uh, Kanek Liepert, this guy uh, was a beast in the the last game. I mean, uh, I actually looked him up. Like, this guy's from Thailand. I mean, how many hockey players are from I, Thailand? They don't have ice in Thailand. No, so they're playing right? in a freezer, right? Like, jeez. I mean, this guy showed some real character. Honestly, he had two big scraps in that last game. I mean, he's an ex Vancouver Giant. He's six foot, two hundred pounds. Uh, and Calgary had something. Went after a big boy too. He did. I mean, we were like all series long. Calgary, Calgary's got some big guys on their team, and they were taking advantage of a lot of uh, our the players. guy he went after in the, in uh, in Saturday's yeah. game. He looked like he was six inches taller than him. He was seven inches taller than him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. Uh, so he went after uh, Klapka, and he lit him up. By the way, oh, he did. Yeah, it was like, awesome. I, like that was a little Ty <laughs> Jomi mismatch there. He lit him up. Yeah, six six seven, two hundred and thirty five pounds, and then later in the game, uh, the Wranglers defensive <sighs> Gilbert there uh, got a he- took a headshot on Carlson, and he he got a ten gamer just for the headshot. And Carlson's laying on the ground, and AKL just comes out of nowhere, yeah. grabs him, and away we go. Number two, six three, two fifteen. Uh, takes out both those guys. Honestly, it was some nice uh, old school hockey. Uh-huh. Hey, we we saw that in the in the series with the Marlies too. Mm-hmm. These guys are really taking a run at Carlson. They are. It, is it is the book on Carlson that if you get him to play a physical game, you put him off his game? Is that because it's it looks purposeful? It doesn't mm-hmm. look random. Like, go oh, yeah. I'm just skating. It looks like they're 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 targeting the number, especially that. Um... I think it was it was a kind of a, that semi open ice hit by the, uh, the the kind of cheap shot by the benches in the second Marley's yeah, game. Yeah, that really uh, yeah that, that came, was a super cheap shot. Well, and especially after you know we have that. I mean, it's it was a hockey play. It was it was a cross checking hockey play that we had the penalty for, and then that re- it was a cheap shot, and that was like right after that power play. And who, who and no was call. that that gave that that cheap shot? Was it Gilbert? No, I I can't remember. I can't that remember because uh, he he paid the piper after that. He got his karma. Yeah, and he, he get got hard. he went he got went in awkwardly into that crack on the boards or the yeah, where yeah. the where the door opens. <laughs> yeah, he took one hard, but he came right back out. He's a tough guy, so you got to hand it to him. But yeah. yeah, but bit of a cheap shot there, right? No, absolutely. But I think like yeah, you're you're not wrong on that. Like, uh, well, I mean, Carlson's good, right? What's the stats on my boy? My boy, Carl's son, Carlson. Carl's son? Uh, Yeah, well, he's tied for first in rookie scoring. Or when we last recorded, sorry, he was tied for first. Uh, He's slowed down a bit since. He's only got four points in his last nine games, which has Hmm. dropped him down to fourth in rookie scoring. With uh, But he's got 30 points. I can't help but notice they've been playing him a lot harder and rougher the last nine games. So at least the ones we've seen at home here. Well, he's um, he's only three points out of first for rookie scoring. So... There's lots uh-huh. of time to play still. Well, they're gonna have to get him, uh, get him mentally prepared for these games because yeah. obviously, if that's not already the book on him, it is now. 
Like if if Bush the Bush League broadcast can identify that, the Calgary Wranglers and the Marlies can identify that. Yeah. So uh, that definitely I think is contributing to his production, and because we saw that mi- uh, uh, midway through November into uh, December, his production slowed as a result of yeah of exactly that trying to play a more physical game and you could see him get off his game right so noticeably what, hey yes. maybe maybe what contributed to it was uh the the, the nils carlson line is not together anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we loved that that yeah, was awesome yeah. right nils hoaglander nils amon nils hoaglander nils amon and and uh carlson we just called them the nils carlson line that was awesome so, that was a great oh, that was a good line too it was um, on that, that note, we talked about, okay, so, um, I think I had originally flagged you to talk about this later, Taryn, but you talked about special teams and how rough they looked on this, uh, on this home. Yeah. Stand. So mm-hmm. I, I actually pulled some, I actually had to do some calculation on my phone. So, uh, I'll start from like the, the first Calgary on the 18th, we had seven power plays. We had, in the next game, we had four power plays. This is just the Abbott Canucks. The game after we had another seven power plays. Um, and then in Toronto, first game, seven power plays. And the last game, four power plays. So for a total of 29 power plays, guess how many goals we got out of that 29? One. Four. Okay. So, wow. I mean, better than one. But I kind of wanted to get your th- <laughs> I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that because I feel that if we're getting if we're getting so many power plays, yes, we can't score in all of it. All these teams are so well, but like how do we capitalize that to put us in to put us in a better playoff position for for the Calder Cup and uh and that because I feel like that that can be something that can bite us in the end but oh absolutely what do and I it will bite yeah. us um for sure I will tell you right now uh the up and down nature of this club the rest of the season it's such a night and day from the last broadcast where I was like we're in a rare position where we get all this help from the parent club because we're going to ride out Boudreaux for the end of the season and yada 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 well, that's now flipped on its head, bud. That's completely the opposite now. So now the team is going to be uh, hindered in their performance because they're not going to be able to establish set lines. And because, like, the, for example, the Hoglander, Oman, and Carlson line, mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll even see them play together the rest of the season because one of those players will be up in the big club at any given time. Yeah. Um, Will Landon will get a lot, I think, more, finally get his opportunity to come up to the big club because. You know, Footy's going to want to see what Willannon has at the NHL level. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to see that because he deserves that opportunity. Um, yeah, I mean, you're already seeing it, yeah. right? Like, PDG just got called up for uh, for the last game, right? So. <laughs> PDG's such a beauty. We've got a great <laughs> chat going for him. I can't even say it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta come live to see it, okay? Yeah, I, I will say, though, uh, you know, Kenny, you, you turned my attention to this guy. I, I got to say, I'm on all aboard the Nielsen train. Yeah, I'm all aboard the get some oh. train. I I was yeah. I was thoroughly I couldn't keep my eyes off him a lot of the time. I thought that he, especially for in the Toronto games, I thought he had some Are of the better covering chance. or dating him. Oh man, you know I, I wish <laughs> I you know I'll do both. Um, but uh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, guys. I, I keep it, I do keep it professional. Don't worry. Um, but no, I just thought he skated really well against Toronto, and he really showed a lot with um, in Calgary. But it's especially that last um, Toronto game that even though we I don't think we played it amazingly well, I think Nielsen. We're showing his talent well. Yeah. yeah. There and, again, uh, another really solid player out of the Vancouver Giants. Yeah. Organization. Alumni. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, Jeez, the, he's I, I gritty. Sure, I sure wish we knew a guy from the Vancouver Giants alumni that could come in and chime in on this. <laughs> Bart's. Bart's. <laughs> doesn't return my calls. <laughs> no, we'll get him on at some point. And we got He could talk about these guys because he'll, he'll know firsthand, right? Hey, yeah. man, you are you guys helped me get my accreditation passes for the Absurd Canucks. So, you know, helping me out with Ben and everything with Ben Goodman and that. So if anyone can do it, I have trust in so you guys. think that but i actually told him not to give you anything i was like <laughs> oh, you know that Terrence Mitzing guy yeah, you don't want him around the club he's bad news he's always hanging out in those uh kinky strip bars you know and like uh, the never mind no more, t- hey uh, uh, hey carl cut the mic cut i don't the mic. even know if those exist anymore strip bars do they I mean, I think. I mean, I'm not going to comment or play the fifth. No, <laughs> yeah, he so. is manning the board, right? He can cut my mic at yeah, any time. Oh. Cut this out, and you guys boot my reputation. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> let's 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 bring you guys back on track here, okay, guys? Uh, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll get you back in here. Let's talk about some of the goaltending. How about Seelov's play? Well, what goaltending is there? Time where there's one goaltender who's it, playing all the games. Abs- Arda yeah. Seelov's great play. He kept yeah. us in the game. Uh, yeah. Against uh, the Marlies on Last, uh, um, Saturday, Wednesday. No, Wednesday. Wednesday. Sorry. Wednesday. It felt he, like a, I, yeah, I was felt like a weekend because it was two games in a row, Tuesday, Wednesday, right? So, yeah. But yeah, on Wednesday, the second game, man, he played great. He kept us in that game. Yeah, some 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 really smart saves. I felt and, and smart moves and and yeah. some really just even like there was a, some beautiful glove saves. That oh, yeah. I I was for sure that they were the, those were going in. He just snapped them out, and uh, yeah. But well, I think I think like, there was only really one goal I felt that was kind of like ah oh, okay that's you know we lost the puck uh, yeah. on Wednesday. But I I yeah. think that other other than that one, I think a lot of uh, well, it was a night and day really night and day performance compared to the week before. Uh, he actually played great after the first. Uh, after the first period, mm-hmm. the week before, but that first period he let in a couple of floaters, a couple of muffins, and uh, you know, and then he, and then the win, the winning goal that was was scored from the the same spot going the other yeah. way, right? Yeah. So that's three goals in one game from the same spot that were all muffins, and you yeah. know he wants those back, but you can't come out flat like that, man. Like, uh, but I'm glad he's at least recovered from it, and we could just forget about it and not talk about it anymore. But yeah, no, that. But to your point, that Marley's game, like, if it wasn't for him, uh, that game would have been, it would it would have been out of reach it fast. Been ugly. Like the turnovers that Vancouver took in that first period, there must have been like at least three or four great yeah, A opportunities. Yeah, sorry, yeah, thank you, yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, there were some great, like, at least three or four great A opportunities to uh, to get a goal. So who was it that got the was it? Was it Carlson that got that goal where he came in and they got his stick and then he got loose and then snapped it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We nice waved quick, his hand nice and he was wrist. like, yeah, yeah, the slash, yeah. Yeah, it was Carlson. That was, that was a, a sick goal. Gorgeous goal. goal. That was sick. Like, there was no space on that short side and he somehow found it. And I, he was on, like, off balance. Yeah. Was, he had just gotten slashed. He's waving his hand like, oh, I got slashed. And then he just snipes one. Like, uh, I was, like, snipes. Like snipes, there was no space to shoot that into, and he somehow made space. It's yeah. incredible. It's a Houdini shot, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. So I, goaltending, it's looking good. I wouldn't mind seeing, um, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, uh, Kupski play a few more games here just to get a feel. But also, you know, I I understand we're flirting with losing home ice advantage possibly in the later rounds if we go past the first round of the Calder Cup. So now we got to keep 
that pedal to the metal and you know colorado's playing good right now and yeah you know uh we want to make sure we're finishing second or third in the league or, or sorry in the division pardon me and that's important so yeah. you know riding a hot goalie is worth it um yeah i mean he played all three wranglers games right so, yeah plus yeah. how how much do you really want to develop Kufsky? i mean he's just there until demko comes back right yeah and then uh you know dilio will be back in the ahl and it'll be a Spencer Martin, Thatcher Demko show up in Vancouver, and that'll be good. That'll yeah. be back as all it was intended, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, I wanted to touch on overtime. So, <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, was, I can't help but laugh about this one because I, yeah, uh, I, I, I was there witnessing this one. Yeah, I, think, I was I think, getting a was little this, hot about this. Was this uh, the time when I, I came back I came down and was watching with you yeah, guys? Yeah, you yeah. came down okay. to hang out with us lowly yeah. folks. So. I, okay, I just want to touch on that because you guys, you gave me a little a little trouble for that because, you know, <laughs> now, now that I'm protected to go to that, I got to say, it is a lot more fun watching with you guys. It's a lot more fun <laughs> in the stands. I will always stand by that. I way prefer watching games in the stands. Than, I, than I, I, else, I, that's so. why we do it there I, lo- I loved it i loved it oh, can't wait to go back more so more. so first and foremost uh they played <clears throat> four on four the other night right yeah uh i wasn't seeing things according to the hl website it's supposed to be three on three so i'm really confused by this because the nhl plays three on three and yeah we were talking about so, that right i was like why it, wouldn't the hl have three on three it because could be because they were playing another Canadian team, so it's not outside of their division. So there might be different rules interdivisionally. Hmm. Uh, I'm not too sure, but the HL website says three on three. So anyways, but regardless, what I wanted to talk about was cycling the puck yeah. and control of the puck in overtime because I, you know, I thought the Abbotsford <laughs> crowd, and there again, I'm sorry, I'm not knocking you folks, after I love you, but I thought you guys were a little more, uh, a little more knowledgeable than this. And uh, everybody's booing the team for carrying the puck and, it's overtime. If it's three on three or four on four like that in overtime, the objective is to control the puck as long as possible. Mm-hmm. And if that means turning back into your own zone to get position and get space, you do it and you skate. That allows you to change, get fresh fresh legs on the ice. There's less likelihood of a turnover that creates a goal. You got to realize that some of these are long shifts in overtime. So if you go, if you're going aggressively, and you're always in the offensive zone, and that puck gets picked away from you. It's not as easy to get it back after, mm-hmm. and now you could get stuck on the ice without changing for another two minutes after you've already been out there for a minute. Yeah. So that's why they're they're cycling back, folks. Stop booing them for doing what they're <laughs> supposed to be doing, which is just fundamental hockey. If you're not going to learn about the game before going in, that's fine to just sit down and be quiet. Don't go booing them when you don't know what you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to say on that. Uh, plain and simple. So people in Abbotsford, please educate yourself or just be quiet. Yeah, Sit in your seats and enjoy the game. It, yeah, it's, it, there's a difference between, like, two point dude, and, you know, I'm not the hockey expert. I know I'm not. But, like, there's a difference between cycling the puck, getting getting space and doing that versus the Toronto when Toronto clearly was just delaying the game. And when they were just staying behind the, the net, could have moved the puck, could have passed it out, yeah, could have tried, and then but that itself but that's another. Uh, that's then you boo the opposing team. That's fine. I'm not, I'm talking about booing our own team. Yeah, no, when they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, when they're yeah, playing yeah. fundamental hockey, and it's not just one or two people. It's the majority of the crowd. It was enough for a roar in the arena. Like, uh, come on, yeah, what are you doing? You know, like people, come on, yeah. let them play, let them play. 
Well, like they clearly yeah. know what they're doing. Also, this yeah. whole shoot the puck, shoot the puck. It's like yes, there's a time to say that to, them, but not when they've they've just gained the zone. Shoot, shoot. It's like yeah. let them try to make a play or two. Try and generate some goals, some offense here. Come on, people. Like I know, get the puck on the net, but that's supposed to be after you've gained control, created yeah. some space, and got a shot opportunity. Not. Anyways, that's all I got to say about that. I'll move on. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. So what's the news on our boy Hirano? Oh, yeah, my, my yeah, buddy Hirano. I've been looking for this guy. I love Hirano. He, I was going to buy a jersey with his name on it. And now he's down back playing for the Cincinnati Cyclones in the East Coast League. Okay. Um, they are really happy to have him back. I don't blame them. He's a great player. I think he's probably as skilled a player you'll ever see at the ECHL level. Uh, I think he's definitely up there. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. He definitely... Ha- a slow start to the season. He only had two goals to assist this season, I think through like 12 games, 14 games of play. Yeah. Um, and I think it probably comes down to when you look at him versus Arsh Baines, you know, Arsh Baines obviously was outperforming him. So that's kind of the two guys that they would have to drop down with this deep lineup. They're currently running. <laughs> when, you got, when you've got like three or four NHL uh, players playing in your AHL lineup, you know, you got to yeah. make some space. Right. And, Unfortunately, uh, Hirano is the victim of that. But the Cincinnati Cyclones did retain the rights to him, so he's going back to that same same franchise. And so that's actually a good franchise to play in because they, they, they like him there. They, he's a crowd favorite, so he'll gain some confidence down there, and maybe he can come back up later the season. He's on a two-way contract, and maybe he can make a difference come playoff time. Because yeah. he was really one of my favorite players going towards the playoffs last year. Uh, he was he was a lot of fun to watch. Good intensity, plays strong. He's got a lot of strength. Not easy to push around and just move off the puck. And he doesn't make dumb mistakes. So when I saw that, I'm like, wow, this is a guy that legitimately has a shot at playing fourth line, third line in the NHL because yeah. he checks all the boxes. All he has to do is put in the occasional goal or uh, create an opportunity and have a good plus minus column and suddenly he could be an NHL player, which is amazing considering he just went down to the ECHL. But it's legitimately could be that. Like, mm-hmm. this guy could be playing in an NHL uniform in a year or two. So I, I'm i glad to see that he's going back to Cincinnati. I think he's going to get some confidence. I think we'll see him back up later this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, listen, he'll be the guy down there too. So that'll yeah. be good. Uh, Jeremy Carlton. Uh, the coach here in Abbotsford, for those that don't know, uh, he better get comfortable because <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's definitely not going towards the Vancouver Club in the near future now. They've kind of solidified their uh, coaching yep. staff for three years. and uh, But, hey, Jeremy's a, Carlton's a great coach, right? And oh, yeah. He's an NHL coach, right? So I thought he was kind of in line for this role. But I'm happy with the decision to go with Tockett versus Carlton. Uh, I think Carlton would have been a lame interim coach kind of strategy to finish out the season. But at that point, you're may as well just stick with Bruce Boudreaux. So yeah, uh, but I don't know. Carlton could still be a good future coach for the Canucks. We'll wait and see. And uh, especially if he gets a chance to shine and coach a team through the, um, the Calder cup. Yeah. Through the Calder cup. Yeah. Are you telling me we've got 30 minutes or 30 seconds out? Wow, we went through it already? I got five guys, minutes left on my dial here. You guys have just been going hard, man. Oh, what's going on oh, here, man? All right, well, so I guess, you know, Taryn, Taryn's got me going here. She says it's time to go, off, time to go, folks. So that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, be, first, be sure to follow us on the social web at underscore Bush League and Bush League Radio. Up next is uh, Chill Rose Place. 
uh, with DJ Darko. For those that haven't checked that out, it's pretty cool. That's on Civil Radio 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, serving the Fraser Valley, broadcasting from the traditional unceded Stolo territory. This is Carl Pungrin. Oh, <laughs> oh, that was good. That for was Ken, good one. for yeah. Kenny Greencorn and Terry Midzane, this is Bush League signing off. We didn't even get a chance to talk about this. <laughs> so that makes no sense. All right, see you next week, boys.